This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Future File, a new podcast exploring the technologies changing the way we live, work, and play. In each episode, we'll be delving into the latest digital developments in an effort to understand how they affect us all. I'm Sophie Curtis, technology editor at Mirror Online. I'm Jeff Parsons, the technology reporter at Mirror Online. If you've got any suggestions for future topics, leave a review and let us know what you'd like to hear about. Subscribing will get you all the latest episodes. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Miratech for more technology and science news. We're here today discussing some of the rumours and speculation around the iPhone 8, which is, we think, going to be launched next week at an event in California. Um, There's a lot of rumours around, and I'm sure you've heard a few of them, but uh, we just thought we'd pick out a few of the key ones and discuss what what it's going to mean for people thinking about buying this phone and um, what kind of impact it could have on Apple in the future. So the first one is uh, a glass design. We've heard a lot about Apple's going back to glass this time around. Yeah, it's very been sticky- popular at the moment, isn't it? The yeah. glass design. Right. It's been. Yeah. It's, it's the last few iPhones have been uh, metal, obviously, um, which makes them pretty durable. But with Samsung and a few other of the big smartphone makers going to glass, uh, it seems like Apple's going that way as well. Um, so, I mean, I guess the question here is durability. We've seen Apple using glass in its iPhones before with the iPhone 4 and 4S, but everyone always used to say they dropped their phone and it would smash into a thousand smashes. pieces. I think glass looks great at the beginning, you know, when you take it out of the box. Uh, it's all pristine and it looks amazing, but within 30 seconds of using it, it's covered in smudges, you've got dust on there, you know, you drop it, you're going to break, so... I don't know, it might look great in the marketing stuff, but whether or not you're actually going to really benefit from the glass design day in, day out, especially if you're going to put a case on it, I don't know how that's going to work out. It's true, sticky fingerprints are an absolute classic, especially if you've got kids, I think. Everyone will know that they've picked up their iPhone and found things smeared all over them. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's an interesting design choice. Why do you think Apple has gone that way? I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think there are just, it seems to be a bit of a trend at the moment. We saw Samsung do it with their S8 earlier in the year. Um, There might be a design, aside from a design reason, there might be technical reasons why they want to do it. I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, It's not really one for me, though. I'd prefer, like, a nice matte finish all day long. That's more my thing than a than a glass design. Um, yeah, I tend to agree with you. Though actually what you say about um, the functionality is an interesting one because there's been a lot of talk about how the last few iPhones, because they've been metal, have had to have these plastic lines across the back mm. to let the signals go in. Right, yeah. Um, and that's obviously part of the reason that um, that, that they, you know, that they're there and, you know, it's, it's a bit of a an eyesore, if you like, to have them yeah. across the back. So maybe by my going to glass you get rid of that need and you you turn out with a much more sleek design. Absolutely, and Apple's all about being sleek and pristine, isn't it? It's one thing that their gadgets and their everything has always been about being that beautiful design. We've heard Johnny Ive talk about this all for years and years about how the design process is so important to the company. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's a really big thing. They want to try and get rid of that eyesore, like you said, and turn it into a really special product. Yeah, 
And actually, potentially, with it being glass, you open up some other possibilities. I mean, one of the other big rumours is wireless charging. And I think it's the case. I might be wrong on this, but I don't think it's possible to have wireless charging with a metal case. Uh, it certainly makes it a lot easier if you've got glass. Yeah. So maybe, it's... you know, that's another reason behind it, that actually some of these other technologies they're looking at introducing with the iPhone 8 will be made possible through having a glass Right, design. yeah, it's sort of con conductivity, conducing, is that the right <laughs> word? I'm not sure. Um, but uh, they've obviously put, I'm sure there's a lot of R&D that's gone into this, but yeah, the wireless charging does seem to be, a, a lot of people are talking about it at the moment, a lot of the uh, rumour sites are discussing it. We've even seen a few pictures come out of some uh, some Chinese social media showing what these wireless charging pads, which is what you've put the phone on to charge, which what they might look like. Um, it's a very interesting play because the technology's been around for a little while. We've seen it in other phones, but I would argue it hasn't quite hit mainstream yet. And there's no company like Apple to take a technology uh, and make it mainstream. So uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's on the cards this time around. I That's do. true, and I like you know I think everyone likes the idea of getting rid of all the wires hanging around their house, just being able to put their phone down on flat service and and not worry about it and know it's going to charge up. You know, from a convenience point of view, it seems like a great idea. Absolutely, yeah, I love that idea. I, I mean, the less wires, the better, as long as you can make it so it, it does work. You know, it works well. You, you know, you think about it, you come home, you put the keys down, you're emptying your pockets, you just put your phone down on the pad, and there it goes, charging away. That would be great. But Apple wouldn't be the first to introduce this, would it? I mean, we've seen, again, Samsung and some of the other big Android players use wireless charging before, but it's always seemed to be a secondary technology um, in terms of it takes longer. That's, that seems to be the main mm. one, um, mm. and most of the phones still ship with a with a plug in the bo uh, with a wire in the box that lets you charge wired as well as wirelessly. Yeah, from my understanding of it, it comes from you know the dissipation dissipation of energies. You you're going to put this phone down, and you can't not all the energy is going to go directly into the phone like it would when you just plug a wire into a port. So it's less efficient. Um, it takes longer, and you know we're all rushing around and want our phones to charge quickly so it probably is like you said it's just been kind of pushed to the back of the line a little bit yeah but being apple though they they've probably been working on their own version of this technology they're not really ones to take technology out there and just stick it in their phones they like to make it bespoke don't they so yeah absolutely i i mean we've we've seen rumors that they are modifying or tweaking the uh, the wireless standard that was agreed uh, a couple of years ago by a consortium uh, to tweak it ever so slightly to, as you say, make it more their own, um, which would, again, these are unsubstantiated rumours that they would make the wireless charging pads specific to the iPhone devices. So you wouldn't be able to take your iPhone out and just charge it up on a wireless pad that's already been installed and you know we've seen them in Heathrow already we've seen them in um, some McDonald's outlets IKEA have started shipping them in some of their furniture so embedded wireless charging pads now if Apple were to put some sort of a tweak in there that meant you couldn't use those it's going to be frustrating for a lot of people but it might also then drive the technology forward because if you know millions of people go out and buy these new iPhones then they're, they're going to see sales of these Apple certified wireless pads like go through the roof as well. Yeah, it would be crazy though, wouldn't it, to have phones that were capable of wireless charging but not on any of the pads that are already out there. And especially as you say, like IKEA, that was that was great. You know, it was great news when they, IKEA decided to bring out furniture with wireless pads on. But suddenly, all that goes out the window. It just seems such a waste. It's going to be so frustrating. <laughs> it's going to be so frustrating. It's like 
you know, it's the same thing we saw with the when they swapped from the thirty pin to the lightning charger, and all that. Everyone, everyone had accessories. Everyone had uh, cables all over the place that all of a sudden they were going to have to change. You know, we've seen it certainly. I suppose a little bit with the headphone jack. Apple's not afraid of changing these things around. Obviously, you know, and and people will get with the program. Oh, the headphone jack. <laughs> doesn't say, doesn't sound like there's going to be a return of the headphone jack in the iPhone 8. No, no, it doesn't. And in fact, rather than uh, adding stuff back in, I mean, the rumours are say that they're stripping more away. I mean, we, we've 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 also heard that that the home the home button might be uh, not long for this world. <laughs> yes, which is an interesting one because actually the home button is so iconic to Apple, and. Uh, you know, it's the one thing that really makes it stand out from all the other Android phones out there. Um, Android obviously has the option of not having a home button. You can have it built into the software so that it just appears on the screen along the bottom. Um, and, you know, that's fine. I think a, a lot of Android users have got used to that. But Apple has been pretty steadfast by its home button, so it would be quite a move to, to get rid of it. Well, I wonder what the kind of... Uh, what the selling point of that is what's what are they gaining by getting rid of it i agree with you i think it's i mean i think you're it's such an you're right it's such an iconic part of it i think the only thing they can sort of use it for is is a, is a way to free up more screen space and we've seen a trend towards larger screens and less bezels and the phones that have come out this year and they've probably sat around in their meeting rooms at the beautiful apple campus and gone you know we might have to get rid of the home button to be able to give people a bigger screen with no bezels that they're good that they want because we've seen lg do that we've seen samsung do that and uh, i think apple have, 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 it's a weighted decision and they've decided that right we might lose what is our, an iconic feature of our phones but we'll be able to give the customers and the market which is leading this way you know the same thing right and it's that's a good point because the home button at the moment sits on a, a, a white bar or black bar along the bottom of the phone. By getting rid of that bar, you actually open up the possibility of the entire front of the phone being covered by screen. And, and that, from the leaked pictures and things we've seen, mm. that sounds like what Apple's going for, that pretty much your entire surface on the front of the phone will be screen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, potentially we're looking at a much bigger screen for the size of the device you're buying. Right, I mean, it's going to be great. I, I, I love this move towards having bigger screens. I, I mean, I remember when the phones were getting bigger. Uh, a couple of years ago, we had that gigantic Nexus phone from Google, the six-inch phones, the big phablets, and that was, I think, to give people a bigger screen for watching their YouTube videos or shooting um, great photos and looking at them on these, on these screens. But now what we're seeing is with the way the technology is evolving you can still have those big screens but keep the body of the phone to a reasonable size where if you have medium or small hands you're not going to be put off by having to carry around a gigantic device but you still get all that screen real estate and apple would be crazy not to do that because yeah. it's so it just looks so so cool when you pull it out of your pocket <laughs> to, to watch a video or something you're like yeah no bezels whatsoever yeah we're it moving towards this idea of the phone just being a, almost a, a pane of glass yeah that's what they'll give us in the future just a big pane of glass <laughs> yeah. they'll just just bring us out a beautiful pane of glass and it'll do everything we want and we'll just put it on our wireless pads and it'd be great yeah <laughs> It makes sense, though. I mean, as you say, a lot of people now use their smartphones or their, you know, their iPhones as, as their almost their primary computing device, don't they? They're moving away from 
desktop computers and even laptops in some cases it's the it's the computer that you carry with you everywhere yeah um so actually you want it to be able to do as much as possible and having that extra screen space probably makes quite a difference yeah i mean you've got you've got all you know the app ecosystem is thriving you're seeing split screen features as well so you can use more of that that real estate on the screen you know more economically you can have a video running in a small box out window while you're typing a note in the main screen you know it's, it's yeah that's it's, one of the big features of ios 11 i think isn't it, is it? they're bringing multitask yeah in the same way that it's come to android recently with android o okay. ios 11 is really going to bring that kind of two apps running on the screen at the same time and you can play with both and they're both live so yeah i mean yeah. i guess it's all, all plays into the same thing doesn't it yeah i think that'll be great but i mean one of the things about getting rid of the home button is that you also get rid of touch id which is the fingerprint reader which actually has become pretty central to some of the running of the you know phone particularly apple pay for example yeah. you know you completely yeah. rely on that um and there's been rumors that there's been a lot of problems with this uh, particular aspect getting rid of the home uh, getting rid of touch id from the, the physical front of the phone where does it go there, yeah. there's been talk about putting it on the back of the phone instead like Which... like for example samsung lg have done with their phones but a lot of people dislike that configuration because it means you have to reach up with your finger at the back. It's a bit unnatural mm. if it's lying on the table. Um, or the alternative is trying to integrate the Touch ID into the screen itself yeah. and do a sort of digital version. Yeah, which we've heard some rumours about and Apple filed patents for this kind of technology a couple of years ago. This sort of almost an acoustic um, imaging technology similar to sort of sonar in that it detects the pressure of your finger and that's what beams the um, signal through the phone up to the top and then back down through the screen again so you can get rid of having to have that physical button, a physical scanner, but you are still able to have the security credentials of a fingerprint um, and this signal travels through the screen and then reads the tiny, tiny details on your fingerprint or thumb, um, the ridges and the, the sort of the ridges and the, the grooves thank you to uh, to make sure it's you um so it's sort of a way around i think it's an amazing thought i, I mean I, I guess the big yeah. question will be is whether that really is as safe or as secure right. as as touch id because it's kind of been given the gold standard hasn't it the touch id yeah. until now as a, as a safety feature yeah. and people are happy to use it for payments and all sorts of things yeah. so i don't know yeah the minute be that becomes spoofable then it's a real problem for apple isn't it yeah yeah, I mean, they'll have to have some... They've sunk so much into Apple Pay, um, and it's becoming such a, a handy way of not having to carry a wallet around. You can just pay with your phone, contactless, that security, I think, is going to be a key. Whether we see this in uh, you know, other forms of security, like facial recognition or iris scanning technology as well, but you know, that's not as easily easy to swallow maybe it's just a fingerprint scanner yeah. which is kind of you know we've seen it in the last however many models of the iPhone it's really become like you say a really accepted gold standard way of securing your device so that's that's another feature that's potentially rumoured for the iPhone 8 is facial recognition and uh, while the, the the camera on the back of the phone is probably going to stay the same as as the dual camera that we see on the, the iPhone 7, this sort of forward-facing selfie camera is, is supposedly going to be really upgraded to be able to do sort of 3D scanning. Um, and once you can once you can talk about 3D scanning, then you can talk about facial recognition in a much more sophisticated way than you know just take just taking a snapshot essentially. So. 
if if people are really looking for that uh, sort of deep security, um, maybe maybe facial recognition is is the alternative. Yeah, I mean it's a. Uh it's a brave new world of <laughs> scanning technology. Um, I will say that I've used the facial scan on the S8 um, briefly, and I, I find it actually it's very responsive. It's very quick. You can pull it up, pull the phone, look at it in front of you, your, your face, and it, and it automatically unlocks. And it's it's a bit strange at first, but then you you really do ease into it a little bit. And again, like what we said before, is that Apple doesn't always just jump on a new technology just to get it out there it really waits I, f- I think the company refines it they, they make sure it is at a level at which they're happy with before they push it out yeah so you know hopefully we'll see that with with the iphone 8 you're right with the with the galaxy s8 it's very quick and th- there is that thing if you have to bring it up to your face yeah you can't just like have it you can't just have it desk. lying on the table yeah, exactly. which, which is irritating actually yeah um that's true and also on the samsung um you know it's not regarded as as high a level of security as fingerprint reading mm. or indeed iris scanning which is the other one yeah um which which iris scanning is is really considered a high level security measure um but there's been quite a few rumors that apple's planning to to bring that to the iphone we haven't seen a lot suggesting that that's going to be the case there's been more around facial recognition mm. so it'll be interesting to see what apple does i mean in theory if they solve the touch id issue then none of this will really matter but mm. if, if touch id is, is a real struggling point for them then actually the other technologies may have to come in and yeah and how do you think they'll communicate that because I think Apple's always been quite good at it as well as taking complex technology in a way and really putting in a package that's very easily digestible to a mass audience that is even people without specific tech, tech interests or technology so yeah. I mean how, how do you see them marketing that you know Tim Cook getting up on stage and saying like how how they're going to make this really easy for people to, to get to grips with well, yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one. Like, uh, Tim Cook usually has his speeches very, very yeah. carefully worded, so I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll sell it in a way that convinces people that it's safe. And actually, as you say, Apple does tend to set the standards for these things, and as we've seen with Apple Pay, you know, they kind of made it okay to, to do mobile payments, even though a lot of Android companies were there before them. Um, and I expect if, if they really decide to go down one of these other routes, then... The same will probably be the case. They'll they'll put it forward and they'll they'll give you a reason to to trust it. <laughs> yeah, I think trust is going to be a big issue. And Apple's still is one of those brands that people trust. Yeah, uh, I, I do think that because they don't, as I say, they don't rush to market. They do hold things back. We've seen other phones come out with um, crazy technologies that that maybe people dismiss as a bit of a gimmick or it's not quite you know melted through to the mainstream consciousness yet but for some reason when Apple does it people sit up and take notice there's that very very strong brand recognition that brand identity something that I think they've been very careful to protect over the years Um, and they're very deliberate I find in their messaging about what it is in each generation that they're going to focus on whether that might be the camera whether it might be the security whether it might be the design Um, you know they they have like you said everything's very tightly worded everything they have it planned down yeah. to a T so what's it going to be this time I wonder I think they're you know they're, they're, we, are, we are we we have to say this is the 10th anniversary of the iPhone this year this is where the whole rumours have come from that Apple's planning this this big design change with all these new features to really kind of hammer home that 10 years on the iPhone is still the handset to beat um, I think 
I think the focus is going to be for me I think it's going to be the big design change mm -hmm. the, the new screen the full screen um, your one stop shop for all your content that you want to get whether you want to watch videos or work with like you said with the iOS feature of split screen like I think that's what they're really going to try and push because the other the, the, the so called rivals you know your Samsung phones or your LG phones or even Sony phones as well even other brands as well, OnePlus are doing it as well. These are not badly designed phones. The, you know, the days of having a great metal iPhone and then rivals that are, you know, they've got comparable power, but they're cheap and plasticky, right, yeah. exactly. That's not the case anymore. No. Samsung and, and LG and Sony and OnePlus are all designing phenomenal phones. They look good, they work really well. So I think Apple has to reassert itself yeah. and say, we are the originals, we are the boss, and this is how it should be done. Yeah. So if and anyone from Apple is listening, <laughs> I am available if you want me to come in and just handle some marketing messages for you guys. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm sure they'll take you up <laughs> on that. <laughs> um, so I guess the one thing we haven't really talked about is price. This is supposedly going to be Apple's most expensive iPhone ever. The last dream we heard was that it could be $1,000. Yeah. And... You know, that's obviously a bit less in pounds, but by the time you add on all the taxes and stuff, you end up pretty much with the same price over here in the UK. So, yeah. would you pay a thousand pounds for a phone? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's going to be an expensive one for sure, I think. All that stuff I was just saying about the boss and the design stuff, like <laughs> that doesn't come cheap. And Apple are, are, they are still that premium brand. They are still going to be charging those prices for it. So, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah we see it we see it coming in at something like a thousand pounds. I mean, extraordinary. Price that's though, an isn't awful it? lot for a phone, isn't Considering it? Considering a laptop, you know, you can get for less than that. And yeah. probably the original iPhone was more around the three hundred pound mark. Yeah, but would you say? I mean, you said a little bit earlier these are becoming our like our our computers. You know, so if you're going to spend a lot of money on a piece of consumer technology. You argue it might as well be the one that you're going to carry around with you every day that's going to hold all your photos, it's going to hold all your files, all your emails, all your, your banking data as well. So I guess, I mean, that if you're going to spend a lot of money on a gadget, it might as well be your phone. Yeah, although it's going to, that price really is going to put it out of the reach of a lot of people. I mean, we're really talking... Oh, we're talking, yeah. We're talking company budgets, executives, yeah. or people who really can afford this stuff with with you know good well-paid jobs we're not yeah. talking about your average joe are you no not at all <clears throat> um and so i mean we were talking earlier whether or not that they might do this as some sort of like a limited edition run maybe they'll only produce a certain number of them uh, i don't know you know to try and make it even more exclusive and maybe justify having that higher price yes because they are actually bringing out some other phones supposedly next week as well aren't right, they right yeah so we, what we've heard is that there'll be the this big fl flagship device which is the one we've been talking about um the iphone 8 and then potentially two other phones um which would be a sort of 7s and 7s plus mm. Uh, so I, basically upgrades to the existing right, 7 yeah. and 7 Plus probably look look pretty much the same with the, the aluminium designs, maybe with an upgraded processor and some yeah. extra memory, but, yeah. you know, essentially the same upgraded yeah, you're, devices. You're, you know, your you're two-year, whatever it is, cycle for, for iPhones, you, you know, your phone contract's running out, yeah, they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll make something like that available. So maybe we end up with a bit of a divide between the people who can afford this yeah. top-of-the-range swanky iPhone 8 and those who just want a straight upgrade to their existing yeah. phone which to be fair the iPhone 7 is a pretty good phone as well so it's a, yeah it's, it's a great phone it's not it's not going to be a huge disappointment to those who 
Oh, and do you remember yeah. Apple tried something similar to this before? We had the 5C and the 5S, yeah. and the whole idea was that the 5C was going to be sort of, you know, a bit a colourful, kind of maybe slightly more budget-conscious phone, whereas the S, the 5S, was at the time the premium upgrade. And, yeah. And yeah, I, mean, I, I, th- I don't have the figures to hand, but I'm sure I'm sure the 5C was quite a popular phone. But then they didn't kind of carry that forward. It then just became this case of maybe because they wanted to go into the larger screen size and yeah. have it that way. It was an interesting experiment, though, because I, I get the feeling that a lot of companies particularly would buy out whole batches of the mm. iPhone 5C to give to, to staff. Um, you know, everyone wanted at that stage to be using iPhones rather than Blackberries. Yeah. Um, and this, and that seems like the, a good compromise. You know, yes, it was plastic, wasn't quite as flashy as the top of the range one, but they got their iPhone. Yeah. Um, so you see that sort of same thing happening this time around. Maybe, though. maybe, yeah. I can't see companies buying out huge batches of the <laughs> iPhone 8 at £1,000 a pop, let's be honest. <laughs> no, yeah. I so, mean, and an iPhone 8. Do, do we think it's going to be called iPhone 8? Because This is the big question. Yeah, the name. So, What's obviously, name? as you mentioned, it's the 10-year anniversary. Um, and Apple clearly wants to make a bit of a splash with this phone. Um, it's, it's a bit a bit different from the others in terms of design. It's a real upgrade. Um, to call it the 8, in a way, could be downplaying this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, my gut feeling is they are going to give it a name that makes it stand out from the usual yeah. run-of-the-mill upgrades. Um, you know, they've got the, the other two phones that they can keep in sequence if they want to. But, you know, one of the names that's been talked about is the iPhone X, which I quite like. If I was Apple, I'd call it the iPhone X. Yeah, X. I like. I can go with X. Yeah. <laughs> X being Roman numeral yeah. for ten, of course. Um, okay. So ten year anniversary, it fits quite nicely. It sounds quite cool. Yeah. Uh, sounds a bit X Men. <laughs> Does yeah, a bit X Men. I have I have heard as well on the tech grapevine. The uh, another name being kind of thrown around a little bit is perhaps the iPhone. Let me think. Seven SE. Oh no! Special edition. Oh, I know. I don't. I don't like that no, either. Don't like that that, that would all. not be good. In <laughs> fact, another another rumor I've heard as well is that it could just be called the iPhone Edition. And if you remember when Apple launched the Apple Watch, yeah, the the top tier of that, the premium, again, it might even have been a limited run, was called the Apple Watch Edition. Yeah. So there is precedent for that. Um, having said that, I, I'm coming down with you. I think it'll probably be the X. Yeah, that 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 would be cool. <laughs> And also, I mean, if this, if, if we're seeing this as a kind of special edition 10-year anniversary model, actually to kind of take it out of that uh, straight lineup that we've had for the last few years, and in a bit like uh, the same way as the iPhone SE, which was special edition, I think, stood for, yeah. um, which was sort of out of the normal run of upgrades for Apple. In that case, it was actually a lower-end one. That's right, um, yes, it was. Yeah. It, it's, it's kept the the body of the iPhone 5S when everyone else was moving to the 6 and 6 plus sizes. Mm. Um, but it just kind of it set it apart as a different phone and a one-off, particularly. Yeah. So maybe if this is a one-off, then having a, a different name would be a good thing as well. Yeah, I, I'd concur completely with that. I think <laughs> the iPhone X is, yeah, it's different. It's a good name. You're right, limits them. If they want to carry it on, they can, but it also can be very self-contained. So, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm confident with that as well. I'm bored of that. Okay, well, we're betting on iPhone X. <laughs> yeah, you've heard it here first. <laughs> so I think we'll leave it at that. Those, those are the big rumours we've, we've covered there, I think. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, then leave us a review. Uh, tell us what you think. Um, and also, we'll be 
trying a few more of these in the future so let us know what you want to hear about obviously we can be covering the big gadget releases as they come out but there's lots of other things we can be talking about as well so let us know what you want to hear about and thank you very much for listening thanks a lot